I've ever met and a lot of people they say the same thing about me my dad was the type of minister where when he heard that there was a move of God going on in the earth guess who was going to go check out that move we were going to get in a car and we were going to go all over the United States we were going to be exposed I want to tell you that your level of spiritual hunger many times is directly connected to how much of the kingdom of God you've really experienced. I want to say that again, your level of spiritual hunger, your desire to be impacted and to experience the things of the kingdom of God are directly related to what you have been around. In other words, if you have been around miracles and signs and wonders when they happen you won't freak out you'll just say that's normal when you've been on mission trips my dad I remember I was 14 years old he said you're going and he wasn't I'm gonna pay for it he said you're gonna work for it can I get an amen how about a GoFundMe but a GoFundMe that says I'll work for the GoFundMe I'm not just going to do a free mission trip. I'm going to work to go on the mission trip. It's quiet. So from the time I was 14 years old, by the time I was 19, I'd been on 20 mission trips all over the world. You can't walk in orphanages. You can't be around lepers. You can't be around poverty and waste things. It impacts you for the kingdom of God and I'm just so grateful to hear these testimonies. I get fired up, I get challenged, I get convicted. I think to myself, I need a bigger vision. So this morning we're going to talk about a bigger vision. We're going to talk about what God is doing at Heart of the Father. God is doing a great work in our community. A lot of you have been asking questions. You've been raising comments and concerns. And I'm going to try to address some of those here this morning. If you're new with us, if you came from out of town, you're just visiting, throw your hand up at me real quickly. Where are you all from? Kentucky. We got Kentucky in the house. Let's welcome them here. Who else? Yes. Canada. We've got Canada in the house. Let's welcome them. Who else? Okay. What is it? Bradenton. Hey, we got Bradenton in the house. Anybody else? St. Pete. Let's welcome St. Pete in the house. Good, good. We welcome you here to Heart of the Father. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to Romans chapter 12? Romans chapter 12. If I had a, a title for this message... It's going to be one body, many members, different functions. That's not three messages, that's one. One message, one body, many members, different functions. The body of Christ is massive. If you don't know, just take it from me. I preach in about 40 church conferences a year. And I feel like I've only hit the tip of the iceberg. When you get up in an airplane and you're looking down over a city or a region, you're looking at thousands and thousands and thousands of churches and ministries. And how many of you know we need them all? How many of you know that we need one another? How many of you know that none of us have arrived? No matter how deep, how spiritual, no matter even how much we've been exposed to the kingdom of God. And for me, that's exciting. I don't get discouraged being told, hey, buddy, you haven't seen it all, heard it all, know it all. I get excited because there's what I call teachability. Teachability is the ability to relearn that which you think you already know. Teachability, 
Being able to relearn that which you think you already know. So I'm constantly asking the Lord, expand my horizons. Let me be humble. Let me recognize my need for one another. For example, we're probably having the largest conference we've ever had in the history of Heart of the Father this week. We'll have hundreds of people here come from all over the world. Now, we've had some nice members that have come up and said, well, brother, we don't want them. Somebody said, we don't need them. We love you, Jeremiah. We love you, Barry. We love you, David. We thank you for your love. But did you know that there are thousands of other ministers in the body of Christ that are carrying wine, they're carrying grace, they're carrying gifting and calling that we don't have? Do you know that there are impartations? Do you know that there are anointings? Do you know that there are revelations that can be imparted to you this week? Did you know that there's a breakthrough for somebody here this week that if you don't come, you'll miss it? I'm serious, there are men and women that have been gifted, that have been graced, that have gone through a process, and you are more desperate than you really know to get around them. Well, brother, I've got it all. I've heard it all. I've seen it all. Isn't it amazing? It's like we're struggling. We can't even get through in life. But somebody comes to town carrying what we need and we just think we'll stay home. See, every time we have conferences here at Heart of the Father, my heart breaks. And it breaks because of this. More people come from the outside than those who attend here on the inside. I'm not here to condemn you this morning. I am here to convict you by the power of the Holy Spirit. I am here to tell you that there is grace, there is gifting, there is anointing. We are bringing fathers of the faith into this house that are about to rock their house, and I don't want wa- rock this house, and I don't want you to miss it. I want God to develop a hungry and enthusiastic, a zealous passion in your heart that says, "Lord." I'm not going to miss out. I talked about exposure a little bit earlier, and exposures ruined me. We were in Indianapolis a couple of months ago doing a prophetic conference, and there was a man there who drove four hours to come hear me totally deaf. He came to lip read. Do you know that hunger looks like something? A man drove, and please, that has nothing to do with me. I'm really not that great. A man drove four hours completely deaf, so hungry for the Lord that he sat on the front row with some Google app that translated. He's looking intently. We met a 19-year-old young man, drove 12 hours, and slept in his car in the parking lot just wanting more of God. You can't be around that type of hunger, that type of zeal, that type of passion, and go back to business as usual. That stuff has to impact you it has to increase your level of hunger and say lord i need that in my life help me to recognize that there are things going on around me that all it's going to take is me reaching out and grabbing hold of them one body many members different functions And if we don't have all the members, and I'm just not talking about here in in Lakeland, I'm talking about the greater global body of Christ. 
the massive movement of God that's happening in the earth. Talk about honor for a minute. The Bible says to honor one another. Now, a lot of people are turned off to the honor message because in many cultures we've substituted it with worship. So in a lot of cultures we worship men rather than honor them. I'm not talking about worshiping men. I'm not talking about being title heavy. I'm not talking about the mansions and the cars and the planes and drooling when they walk in and out the door. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about honor. I'm talking about honoring the gift that's inside of someone else that you don't have. Is that okay to say for our pride that the person sitting next to you has gifts that you don't have and you can't do anything about it? Read 1 Corinthians. See, if I don't see my need to receive and honor what someone else has, I'll never inherit it. So, honor unlocks the gifting inside of others. I honor the gift and the grace that God has put in my brother, and I position myself to receive the grace and the gift that he has even. I allow him to impart the portion of Christ that God has given him that I don't have so that I can grow in maturity. Honor positions you to inherit and receive the grace and the gift that God has given someone else. How are we doing? Are you honoring one another? Well, brother, I, I only listen to this preacher. No, brother, the only person I listen to is my pastor. You know why it's a, because they're only carrying and there's this much available. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need a bigger vision. The kingdom of God, it's supposed to be an adventure. It's supposed to be exciting. It's supposed to be like, Lord, I'm open, I'm available. If they've got something I don't have, I'm willing to pay any price to position myself to get in that anointing. I can't tell you how many times I've heard of a move of God. I bought the plane ticket that day and went the following night. Well, brother, how much did it cost? I didn't even think about it. Because when you get hungry, when you get zealous, when you begin to position yourself for a move of God, the price, who cares? The sacrifice, who cares? I just want more of God. So we sent a team to Iraq. David Vespa, Philip Vitito. David Santiago, they're in Africa right now. People have been asking me lately, where is everybody? Did you forget we just planted a church? Do we realize here that we just sent almost 20 couples to Winter Haven? There you go. We, we just sent resources. We just sent people. Last week, they had over 120 people and 30-something kids. <laughs> they're, they're at on week seven, week seven, where we were at year five. There, there's a certain level of pleasure and delight I feel as a father... 
as the planter of this work that they don't have to suffer like we suffered. But you talk to a lot of people that attend a local church, it's just like, well, I just pray the worship's good and, you know, the sermon's good and I'll go back to my life. Saints, this is the kingdom of God. This is if we're training and equipping saints for the work of ministry, in the next 10 years, we should launch out five more churches. I'm talking about a global, a regional vision where there's Heart of the Father Tampa, there's Heart of the Father my. I'm talking, and here comes the ministry school. We've got students moving from all over the nation to Lakeland, Florida in two months. They're coming here full-time to be trained and equipped for the work of ministry and to be sent out into the nations of the earth. I want to tell you this morning at Heart of the Father Ministry, you're just not sitting in a local church that's focused about me and mine. For a lot of people I know, that's why you're here. Because you spent 20 years in another church that's me and mine. But God is doing an exceedingly great work in our midst, and I don't want you to miss it. See, I probably spent 20 hours this week praying for this message. And what kept coming up in my spirit was the Lord wanted me to say, it sounds so weird, this is not a fishbowl. This church is not a fishbowl. This is not jump into the fishbowl and swim around and die and I'll do your funeral. This is a reservoir. This is a river. This is a training, equipping, and sending center. See, I mentioned we just sent out about 20 couples that were trained, equipped, many of them here, four, five years. Do you know what our primary need is right now? For more people to step up now. There's a vacuum in this church that a lot of you don't know is here right now. We just lost 20, 30 solid, giving humble, sacrificing servants of the Lord Jesus Christ and what it's going to take for this campus to get to where God is taking us is for many of you to step up. You've been here for years. Some of you just jumped on board. I believe God is moving people here from all over the world. But I want to just speak a, a word of encouragement, a word of encouragement, empowerment over our community here it's time there's a reset that's happening here there's something that God is doing far beyond our wildest imaginations and for a lot of us we're just going to have to get used to I attend a church family that prioritizes training, equipping, and sending over becoming a megachurch. I think maybe the last ten times I've preached here, I keep talking about Francis Chan and the entertainment spirit. There's a tendency for me personally to look at all that God is doing right now at our church and sort of get discouraged because I'm carrying a burden of how much work it's going to take to get to where we're going. And what I've done recently is I've gone back and read the book of Acts three times in the last three weeks. Acts 1 to 28. Three times. And I'm finding more encouragement than I've ever found in this. What's happening here is how they did church back in the day. In the book of Acts, here was a fair question to ask. Brandon, who are you discipling? What do you mean? Who are you meeting with and sharing your life, 
sharing your story, sharing your testimony. In the book of Acts, that's what it meant to be a disciple. So it would be really awkward right now if we stood everyone up and asked you this simple Bible question, who are you discipling? That's not harsh. I'm not being mean. I'm not trying to make it awkward. But in the book of Acts, the power, the presence, the type of discipleship that was happening, that was their church growth plan. Find someone that you can pour your life into, and then when you're done, they pour their life into someone else. And when they're done, and it multiplies and it grows, and the gospel and churches and ministries, and the goal was never a fishbowl. The goal was never, let's see how big we can get, how many programs we can, because here's, here's my question. If the goal of the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists, if the mandate is to train, equip, and release, how do we have churches that have never birthed another church? How do we have disciples who have never given birth to other disciples? I was at a convention three months ago, and a guy, an Indian preacher, you know, it's funny to like introduce brother or whatever, has planted 5,000 churches. <laughs> hey, brother, how many have you planted? Uh, two. And he preached his heart out, and again, a little bit of a different context in the book of Acts, the church spread by persecution. In India, the church spreads by persecution. They asked him, hey, how, like, how do you do that? How is that happening? And he said, the difference between the Indian church and the American church is, after we preach, they just do it. You didn't miss it, I just said it. So if I'm at church and I'm hearing a message about who am I discipling, I'm actually going to spend the next week finding someone to disciple. Entertainment spirit, it's not biblical. What we're talking about this morning is not weird, it shouldn't be out there. We're talking about discipling, we're talking about sending, we're talking about training, we're not talking about being a pew sitter. You are not pew fodder for a bunch of preachers. You have a grace, a gift, a mandate. Here's, what, here's how Francis Chan, I think I've read this quote maybe 10 times in the last three months. Francis Chan, the benchmark of success in church services has become more about attendance than the movement of the Holy Spirit. The entertainment model of church was largely adopted in the 80s and 90s. And while it alleviated boredom for a few hours a week, it filled our churches with self-focused consumers rather than self-sacrificing servants of Jesus Christ. The goal of Christianity is not to come to church on Sunday, get fed, and go back to your life. That is an American-invented, non-biblical approach to Christianity. I want to encourage you with me to hit delete. All right, I'm trying to encourage you. I don't know if it's working. You have a grace, you have a gift, you have a calling, you have something, you have a story that the world needs to hear. This is a training, it's an equipping, it's a sending center. 
remember one of the very first meetings that we had it as a leadership team here we met with a prophetic brother and he gave us a word from the Lord he said I feel like the Lord wants to sow this into the foundation of heart of the father and he said I believe the Lord wants to challenge this leadership team to never pray one time that God would grow the church Now listen, I'll save you the research. If you go to church planning seminars and conferences, that's all that it's about, growing the church. He said, I believe the Lord wants to challenge you to never pray that God would grow heart of the Father. I'm like, wow. He said, here's how the Lord would encourage you to pray. Lord, send people to this church that are on assignment. So I can tell you for eight years, our leadership team does not, we don't, I don't care about attendance, 55 billion. I don't know what comes in the offerings, don't care. We don't have a clock on the wall, don't care. Lord, send the people who are on assignment here knowing that many of them it's just for a time. Many people at Heart of the Father, their destiny is three years, five years, one year, and this place is a healing center. Do you know how many people we've helped that have been seriously hurt and wounded by church? They come here, they get healed, they get mended, and but if the goal is to be a fishbowl, I feel this so deeply in my spirit. I'm telling you, some of these conferences that we do the leadership team here can't help you, but they can. I'm a thousand percent convinced that the conferences that we host here at Heart of the Father, where we bring in speakers from all over the world, the maximum impact isn't intended to get you to a place that we could never take you. Can we embrace this reality this morning? That there's one body, that there are many members, that there are different functions, that here at this campus it's time to reload. Well, brother, thank the Lord we planted a church. I'm hungry to plant a hundred. God bless Rick Myers. We're over there building a, a school of ministry. I'm already having the dreams of a whole new property. Like outgrowing this whole facility plus the new one in two to three years. All right, turn to your neighbor and say, I really need a bigger vision. But does anyone want to be a part of a place that has a bigger vision? You know, <laughs> there was a man who sowed $50,000 into the school over there. He sowed more money than we could raise here. When I met with him, this is what he said. Hey, bro. That's cool. Hey, bro. I'm tired of giving to churches. I'm tired of giving to all their programs. I'm tired of giving to all their salaries. I'm looking for a vision to invest in the next generation. I want to give my money to the raising up and the investment of end time messengers. I want my seed to go to missionaries. I want, there it is, kingdom, not church, the kingdom. See, the kingdom doesn't know four walls. The kingdom sees a city. The kingdom sees Iraq. The kingdom sees Israel and says, Lord, I want in on any of it. Like, just open up a door and I'll walk through. 
But I don't want you to miss your season of visitation. That's really what the Lord locked up in me this week in prayer. I believe that the Lord does not want you to miss your season of visitation because your vision's too small. I don't want Heart of the Father ministry to miss our season of visitation because we just thought it was cool because we own a building and are a nice slow local church in Lakeland. I believe that the dream of God for this place is massive. I believe now is the time to reload. How many of you here this morning have been a part of Heart of the Father for a year or less? I want you to raise your hand. I want you to stand up. A year or less, stand. Like consistently coming attendance-wise, a year. All right, two years I want you to stand. Keep standing, one year and two years. Two years, if you've been here two years or less. Okay, maybe 50%. Maybe 40, I want you to sit down. If you sit, go ahead and sit down. If you've been here three years or more, I want you to stand. Three years or more. All right, so I'm going to talk to you like I wouldn't talk to them. How are you serving? What are you involved with? Are you advancing the kingdom of God with us? Have you embraced this kingdom mandate? Do you recognize there's a grace, there's a gifting, there's a call on your life that the people sitting down need? See, this isn't about us. This isn't about our ministries and our lifestyles. This is about how can I be a blessing to the kingdom of God. This is about not letting any trial, any horrible thing that I've gone through go to the ground. I made it through and I can help someone else make it through. This is about redemption. This is about making the devil pay. All right, you guys can be seated. How many of you are just feeling the love this morning? I love you, I do. I do, but the Lord's calling us higher. He's calling us deeper. He's preparing us. I mean, two months. Guys, two months. There's at least 60 people, 6-0, from all over the nation that are moving here to Lakeland for full-time ministry. You know how many of them need a place to stay? Anybody want to open up your home? A room? Well, brother, why would I do that for the kingdom of God? You know how many of them need finances to go? Why would I do that? Just think of me. Jeremiah Johnson. A woman sewed $75,000 into my education for me to graduate and never knew me. A kingdom vision is what we need in this place. A reloading is what we need. If you're here two years or less, we want to welcome you. We want to let you know a lot of great folks are in Winter Haven now. Forget them. I'm just kidding. We love them. We're excited about the work of the Lord over there. But we believe that more church plants are coming. We believe that messengers, thousands of them in the years ahead, will be sent all over the world. We want to embrace this training, this sending, this equipping, this one body, this many. I mean, who's excited that Barry Nichols doesn't have to work out there anymore? Barry, after 33 years or so, laid down his company. He's coming here full time. He's finishing up his vacation this month. I mean, saints, it's about to get hot in here. I mean, literally, he worked so, I don't know, even know if you got, I'm going to, because he's not here, so don't tell him, but do you realize he worked 70 hours a week, would get the sermon on Saturday and then preach it Sunday? 
and now he like gets to study and pray every day? Like we might want to cap him at five hours a sermon. <laughs> Barry and Diane are going to do parenting classes in January. Oh yeah, some of you parents need to shout. There's a multi-generational thing here in our midst. If you're 35 and under, stand up. 35 and under. If you don't know, this is super rare. I preach in churches all the time. There's no one there under 60. Listen, life is coming. Those of you that are seated, you know life is coming. Marriage struggles are coming. Get rid of the kids is coming. Lord, help us. Financial debt is a credit card. It's coming. But please hear me if you're seated. That's why you're here, to help them. This isn't about moving to Australia so you can fulfill the call of God. This is about looking around you. There are needs, there are callings, there's destinies, there's children and grandchildren in the Lord. The Lord is going to do an exceedingly great work here. You guys can be seated. If you're 35 and older, stand. Come on. Listen, you're not forgotten. You're not a has-been. Your best days are ahead of you. This is, this is not retirement. This is refirement. This, this is giving everything that the Lord... I shared this dream a few weeks ago. Just give me one minute. Stay standing. I had where I felt like the Lord took me to heaven in this dream on the outside, and there was a long line of people going into heaven. Half of them had buckets that were full. The other half had buckets that were empty. And every person that went into heaven with an empty bucket, there was applause, there was the roar of heaven. Every person that went in with a bucket full, there was deep disappointment in heaven. And I asked the Lord in the dream, what, what, what does this mean? What's the interpretation? And he said, Jeremiah, I've given deposits. I've given a grace and a gifting and anointing inside of every person. And my desire for all of my children is that they might leave it in the earth before they die. Do not take what the Lord has put inside of you to heaven, leave it here in the earth. Who are you discipling? One guy came up to me and said, Brother, my life has been a train wreck. I said, share it. <laughs> Have you met any young people lately? Share it. Well, brother, I don't have, I don't, I, I mean, literally one guy, I was divorced three times. I said, brother, you can share your testimony, your mistake, so somebody doesn't have to go through that. Share the good stuff, share the great, share the mistakes. Have the courage to share with those around you. This is not something that the church has to sanction. You guys can be seated. And I'll close. Listen, there, there's no sign-up sheet at the end of the meeting. I think this is where sometimes we miss the, the practical. There's no sign-up sheet. There's not a sign-up sheet that says, hey, if you're 35 and older and you want to get with somebody, sign up. And then, listen, here's what I really believe the, the kingdom of God is all about. It's about what's organic. Maybe this is a missing piece for some of you. I talk with people all the time. I want a spiritual father. Should I just walk up to the guy and ask him? I talk to older men. I, I want a spiritually father. Should I just like, you know, pull some kid in? Here's my word of wisdom. Let it be organic. 
Why not build relationship? Why not hang out? Why not do life and see where it goes from there? I just, I don't want us to, to I don't want us to leave this morning not sensing the need in this room. The need for fathering and mothering and discipling, it's not out there, it's in here. Who can you take to lunch today? Who can you exchange an email or a phone number with to try to get we have church events, men's, women's, oh, I mean, I get busy. The Bible says that they met in the temple and they met house to house. Those are not home groups at set dates and times. I did a study with Barry for six months on that passage. We're convinced when it says they met house to house, it was organic. It was as the Spirit of God led. All right, just look around you. I'm almost done. Right there. Look around you in your little section. Little. Look around. Look around. Lord, who's in need? You know, somebody in here needs money to pay their bills this week. Who is it, Lord? Who is it? Who is it? All right, go ahead. Start reaching in your back pocket. Oh, brother, I need a prophetic word for that. No, you don't. You don't, you, don't, you don't need a prophet or somebody to call you out of the crowd and say, brother, I just see you investing in the next generation. Thank you, brother. That's biblical. I just see you. I give these people words all the time. I just see you hosting people in your home and you're cooking and you're laughing and they fall down. Ooh. In the back of my mind, I'm wondering, why isn't that normal? Why isn't that normal? Why are we not actively engaging? And again, I think where I just want to land the plane is if we would really see that people have what we don't have, that they have a, a grace, a gifting, if it's a many-membered, then I would go. Then I would make the sacrifice. Then I would be re ready to receive. But if we operate in pride, if we act like we know it all, we've seen it all, we've heard it all, we'll never honor other people. We'll never get involved in their lives. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, For through the grace given to me, I say to every man among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought. There it is. But to think so as to have sound judgment. If that doesn't work, just get married. She'll tell you. Somebody say hallelujah. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function. The goal of being married is not to get them to look and act and talk like you. That's the quickest way to divorce court. That's what I've learned in 10 years of pastoral counseling so far. The goal of marriage is not to get them to look and act and talk like you. The goal of a church is not to gather a bunch of people that act and look and talk. That's called a cult. We need diversity. We need variety. We need gifts that are pronounced and thank God for people that have the gift of hospitality. Thank God for people who love to pray, but you know what? Most of the time, none of them have any money. So thank God for the people that God's given the gift of finance to. That was another joke. Like I preach in these prayer, these houses of prayer, man. These people, like, they'll pray 100 hours a week, but they're broke as a joke. I'm like, Lord, finance it. 
So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. And since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let each exercise them accordingly. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving. I mean, there are actually people that have the gift of serving. never seen a certificate for that one he who teaches in his teaching he who exhorts in his exhorting he who gives with a liberality he who leads with diligence he who shows mercy with cheerfulness we need everybody in this room I don't know how else to say it I'm fully convinced that in order to fulfill the will of God at heart of the Father, we need everyone in this room to function in the grace and the gift that God has given them. You call it prideful. I don't think it is. I'm convinced that what God is going to do here in Lakeland is so big it's going to require people to move from all over the world. I believe God's going to put this city on the map. I believe that Florida like this is about to be turned up like this. I believe that the nation is going to know Lakeland. Not because of a ministry, not because of a man, but because of people were willing to say yes to training, equipping, sending in the kingdom of God. I was down in South Florida preaching earlier this week in Fort Pierce and I had an encounter in my hotel room I took our daughter Bella with us she's six felt like the Lord told me to take her I had this encounter where the Lord made me an offer has the Lord ever made you an offer He said, I'll make you an offer. I'm sitting in the room studying, going to go preach that night. My oldest daughter's right there. He said, I'll, I'll make you an offer. He said, do you want to fulfill your destiny? Or do you want to leave a generational legacy? You have no idea the weight on that offer. Do I just want to fulfill my call and my grace and my... I mean, what are we doing? Literally, what are we doing, parents? Living our life and fulfilling our calling and we're not setting up our children for a lifetime of success in God? See, I began to dream. I, I, I began to get filled with excitement about what this place might look like when my daughter's 20. Are you living for yourself? Are you living for today? Or do you need a bigger vision? Why give to a ministry school? Why not give to generational legacy? Oh, brother, I'm sick. I can't get out and evangelize. Good, give to people that can. There's no excuses in the kingdom of God. There's no mistakes, no sins too big. God is here this morning. He's ready to activate. He's ready to empower. He's ready to encourage. He's ready to refire. He's ready to anoint for the works of ministry. That trust me, they're not all just in a church building. 
I pray for the fresh fire of God to meet you in your workplace this week. I pray for the fresh fire of God to meet you to help mother and father to be a better husband and a wife. I pray that God would empower someone in this room to go vote this week. Vote Christian values. Who cares if they strip us of a 501c3? I don't care. I mean, I, me- I remember last year around this time, there was a, a homosexual mayor or a candidate running for mayor here in this city. <laughs> and everyone's, we want revival. We want the kingdom of God. Good, go vote. We can just hide out in the church all day long and, oh, Lord, come. Or we can go out and do our civil duty. We can go out and make a difference in the world around us. All right. Here's the altar call. If you need revival, what are you talking about, brother? If you feel stagnant, if you're not really exactly sure what you're supposed to be doing in the kingdom. Maybe you're just starting and you're saying, Lord, I'm ready. Maybe you're here and you've been with us a while and you're recognizing now's the time to step up. Maybe some of you are here and you're new and you're looking for a family. Welcome, this is us. Maybe the Lord is burdening you to Open up your home for a ministry student. I I don't know what it is. Maybe you're supposed to go to Iraq next year with these guys. I asked them if they were going back and they laughed at me like, duh, bro. Is that even a question? We've got the biggest conference we've ever hosted coming up next week. Can I encourage you to at least try to come once? Thursday night. Friday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning. My staff is gasping for air. We can make a difference, but it just requires a yes. All right, if you need revival, stand. What are you going to pray? I'm going to pray shock paddles on you. I'm going to pray for a rending of our hearts and not our garments. I'm going to pray pressed down, shaken together, pouring out. I'm going to pray that whatever's locked up in you will come out. I'm going to pray fear and intimidation off of your life. I'm going to pray that the righteous are bold as lions. If you have a prayer language, just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. I feel like I'm supposed to break the back of depression off of your life. Some of you are depressed even about where your marriage is. Some of you are discouraged about how far along you are in the call of God on your life. I believe that the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit is here. Come on, just another minute. There's grace here this morning. Come on, it's time. It's time. That's the word the Lord gave me for 2019 for our church. It's time. It's time. Now is the time. Some of you don't like stuff about this church. Good. Change it. Help us. Some of you don't like things about this church. Good. Help us. Lord, help us recognize the needs, 
even in our midst. Lord, we pray for the spirit of Elijah to fall in this place. We pray for a multi-generational anointing. Let fathering, let mothering, let discipling begin to flow like a river. Holy Spirit, teach us how to honor one another. To see the gifts and the grace inside. Lord, forgive us for gossip and slander. Lord, we just go ahead and serve that cancer. A notice in this house, you're not welcome here. We say that there'll be no gossip or slander or backbiting in this family. We say that you'll teach us how to love one another and love one another deeply. We say that we're on the same team here. God, I pray for the confession of sins. I feel like the Lord is saying in this house, there is grace to confess sin to one another. There's something weighing on your conscience that you've said or done towards someone else. The spirit of Elijah is here to restore families. spirit of revival here is to launch messengers and missionaries to the nations. Come on, I'm not closing until we're there. I'm telling you, we're missing something. We haven't hit it yet. Something has to break in this room. (laughs) Come on, we're not wasting time. We're investing time into eternity. Just begin to pray, Lord, use us. Erica, will you and your mom come? Let's just begin to pray. Come on, let's continue to pray. I'm telling you, I don't want to leave until I'm sure the Lord is done here this morning. (laughs) Bind us together in love, God. Come on, I need my intercessors to help me. I don't care if you scare the people next to you. (laughs) So our members of our church here who's been going through chemo. Telling you it's not okay for someone to have cancer in our church and people don't even know about it. Fire of the Holy Spirit. Erica, come here, come here. Is this on, Kevin? Tell us a little bit about what's going on with your mom because I want to pray.
Okay, stay right there. So the need is not out there, it's in here. I want you to hear the word of the Lord. Don't leave heart of the Father every Sunday thinking the need's out there, it's right in here. So Erica, share your testimony. You're pregnant now, but you went through a couple of miscarriages. Go ahead and testify real quick. Getting pregnant. So let's stretch out our hands toward them. I want to pray for the baby. I want to curse this cancer, this tumor in Jesus' name. Come on, these are members. They're family. Come on, I want you to pray like it was your mom. I want you to pray like you would believe right now. That this thing would shrink and be gone. So in the name of Jesus Christ, we curse this cancer in Jesus' name. We loose the healing power of Jesus. Top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Pray for strength. Pray for courage to stand. Thank you for this baby. Thank you for what you're doing in this mother and daughter. Thank you that what you're doing here is generational legacy. Lord, we bless them in the mighty name of Jesus. Roll, come up.
Amen. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. Come on, let's give Him a shout this morning. All right, so we're, we're saying no to three songs and a nice message. We're saying no to going to church with people every week and we have no idea what they're going through. We're saying yes to a training, equipping, discipling, fathering, mothering. We're saying yes to take somebody out to eat today. Find somebody this week. I don't know what to share. Just share your story. Can we do it? All right, big week coming up. No Wednesday service. We'll be here Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Get excited. Become expectant. People from all over the world are going to converge here next week. Ask God to help you to find honor, courage in your heart. It's going to be good. God bless you guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you soon.